Hi, my name is Jeff Redding. I'm a preaching elder here at Walton Community Church in Monroe, Georgia. Before we begin the sermon, our church would like to invite you to join us as we gather every Sunday morning for worship at 10 a.m. You can learn more about our church on our website at waltoncommunitychurch.org. Thanks for listening. Excited about this morning. As I said, this is uh, graduation Sunday where we're celebrating and honoring our graduates. So, what I want to do this morning is really to offer some words of counsel and words of wisdom to our graduates, not only to our graduates, but really to all of our young people. Uh, and actually, what I'm going to do is continue on this next week as well. I, uh, I think last year we didn't have anybody graduate, so I didn't do a graduation sermon, so I'm going to kind of make up for it by doing two of them this year. So today is going to be called a father's advice. I could call it like the good stuff, and next week I may call it the rough stuff. Because um, next week I think I'm going to focus more in on specific things that I see going on in the culture in our young people. But, but this morning is more of a word of encouragement. Uh, i got to say this, my wife is tougher than me. When, when I told her I was preaching a sermon to graduates, she said, you should read them sinners in the hands of an angry God. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Part of that, though, is, and I'm, I'm serious about this, I've thought about every year or two just reading a classic sermon just for the, for the, for the sake of our church. So I may end up doing that, but anyway, that, that, uh, she's a tough woman. Um, in the past, our kids have said to me, Dad, when you preach, it's basically the same as when you're talking to us around the dinner table, and I actually take that as a great compliment. So today is going to be one of those kind of dinner table sermons and uh, I'm really using an excuse both this week and next week to just talk about a lot of things that I wanted to, to discuss for a while. All right, as you saw, two of the, the, uh, the graduates are Reading kids. Uh, as I said, Nate's down in Macon, and Shelby's going to here at Walnut Grove. She's graduating from Walnut Grove High School, and she's, she's going to the University of Georgia. She couldn't get into Texas A&M, so she had to settle for a lesser, lesser school. <laughs> I'm getting laser eyes from this direction, so I may, uh, I'm totally kidding. I, I would not have been able to get into UGA if I was been a high school kid now. But anyway, Andy and I are going to be empty nesters, and as a family, uh, this is a change because now this is the fourth child moving out of our house, and as a family, when you just enjoy being around together, it's, it's tough. Um, but I've had friends tell me, don't worry, you'll get over it real quick, so... Uh, <laughs> but it's good, we're excited. So anyway, I'm preaching today a father's advice it could be called, I thought about this, I've preached to young men specifically, and I haven't preached to, to young ladies. It could be a father's advice to, to a daughter, because Shelby's graduating, but really this is for, for all young people. And, and know this, young people, I'm preaching this because I love you. I just have a heart for young people. I care about you. I have seen the, the tragedy of young people who have raised in the church leave the church, and it breaks my heart, and so I, the, the motivation for this is because I love you, and this church loves you. This church cares about you and is rooting for you, okay? So let me ask you this. Turn to Proverbs chapter 4. Turn to Proverbs chapter 4, and this is going to be sort of a, a jumping-off point. I'm going to have a bunch of just kind of random comments from, in the sermon, but, uh, but this is, we're going to start with Proverbs 4. So Proverbs 4, we're going to look at verses 1 to 10, and actually this is going to be the first point of my sermon, and it's this, it's, it's learn from others, learn from others, ask for wisdom, ask for advice, young people, and take it to heart, listen to wise counsel from others, 
Learn from parents, grandparents, teachers, mentors, pastors, wise friends. You, you don't have to learn everything the hard way. <laughs> you, you can learn from others. You can ask questions. And this really may be the most important point of my sermon is just try to learn from others. The book of Proverbs repeatedly talks about the ways of the wise and the ways of the fool. And one of the things that wise people do is observe and they listen and they take advice from wise people. They learn from others. So this is Proverbs 4. Let's go verses 1 to 10. Starting in verse 1, it says, Hear, O sons, a father's instruction, and be attentive that you may gain insight. In other words, listen. Listen to instruction. Listen to advice. Listen to counsel. Be attentive to it. Think about it. In verse 2, and I'll read, read on pretty quickly here. Verse 2, for I give you good precepts, do not forsake my teaching. When I was a son with my father, tender, the only one in the sight of my mother, he taught me and said to me, let your heart hold fast my words. Hold fast my words. Keep my commandments and live. Get wisdom, get insight. Do not forget and do not turn away from the words of my mouth. Do not forsake her. So wisdom is personified as a lady. Do not forsake her. Do not forsake wisdom and she will keep you. Love her. Love wisdom and she will guard you. The beginning of wisdom is this. I love this. What's the beginning of living a wise life? The beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom. (laughs) Get wisdom and whatever you get, get insight. Prize her highly and she will exalt you. She will honor you. Wisdom will honor you if you embrace her. She will place on your head a graceful garland. She will bestow on you a beautiful crown. And here it is again. Look at verse 10. Hear, my son. Listen and accept my words. And again, learn from others. Accept my words that the years of your life may be many. All right, go down, skip down to verse 20. This is the last one we'll cover in this. But again, notice what what the writer of the Proverbs is saying in verse 20. My son, be attentive to my words. In other words, pay attention. Listen, learn from others. He says, incline your ear to my sayings. So what he's saying is, again, ask for wisdom. Ask for counsel. Ask for advice from people who have more experience than you. Ask, when you see wise people in your life, ask questions. Ask for wisdom and then take it to heart and make some changes in your life where you see that you need wisdom. Listen to it. Learn from those who have gone before you. Be a person who seeks out wise counsel. It can be Spiritual things, right? It can be financial advice. It can be personal stuff. It can be relationships, whatever, especially if you're starting a new phase of life. School, work, marriage, kids, whatever it is, finances, whatever it is. If you're start, especially if you're starting a new phase of life, seek out wisdom. And you can ask for advice from people in your family, from people at church. We consider ourselves a family. So seek out people and ask advice in the workplace, in the workplace, when you start a job, ask questions. I cannot tell you how many times I talk to young lawyers and beg them to ask questions, and they won't because they think they know it all. And then it's a disaster, and so they have to relearn over and over again if they would just ask questions when they don't know. You ask from coworkers, supervisors, whatever. You're not going to. To me, it shows a sign of maturity and a sign of wanting to get better when you ask questions. Not that you're just isolated, thinking that you know it all. So get into the habit of doing that, and what you're doing is really you're setting yourself on a great path for the rest of your life, okay? So that's the first one, learn from others. 
All right, I'm going to give you a bunch of just practical, kind of random stuff, as I said, but I pray you'll bear with me. This is both this is little stuff, but this is both for young men and young women. When you shake hands, give a firm handshake, okay? When you shake hands, give a firm handshake, look people in the eye. When I coached Little League Baseball with my kids, I'd make the guys come up to me before every practice, and they had to shake hands with me with a firm handshake and say, hey, coach. And if they didn't do that, then they had to run extra, okay? I had to teach them how to do that. Just practice. You just practice doing that. So, so give people a firm handshake. Next, this is huge. Do the little things you know you should do every day. Just do the little things you know you should do every day. Make your bed every day. You can learn to do these things. I used to never make my bed. Now I make it all the time. If I don't make it, I feel bad. In fact, I think I forgot to make it this morning, and I feel bad about it right now. <laughs> make your bed every day. Young people, when you're in college, go to class every day. Don't skip a class. You just raised your grade point average right then by showing up at class. Show to work, show up to work on time. Never miss a day of work unless you're sick or you're on vacation. Right there, you just do that and the rest of your life will change compared to most of the people around you, honestly. So, so do these little things. And when you do these little things every day, then what happens is you're preparing yourself for bigger things. In Luke 16.10, Jesus said this. He said, one who is faithful in a very little is also faithful in much. This is both for spiritual things and for just things in your life. If you're faithful in little things, if you're faithful with small responsibilities, then you're showing yourself that you can handle bigger things. You're showing other people around you that you can handle more responsibility. And you're showing the Lord that you can handle more responsibility. If you're faithful with small responsibilities, then you're showing you can handle more. Listen, if you can't be responsible for little things, if you can't show up on time for class or for work, do you think that people will think, oh, this guy can really handle a lot more if he can't even show up on time? Just do the little things you know you should do and you'll watch your responsibilities will grow. As Jesus said, one who is faithful in very little is also faithful in much. So again, prove to yourself, prove to others, prove to the Lord that you can handle more responsibilities by doing the little things. And what, what you'll see is, you'll see you're just things will grow and you'll start to be able to handle more and more responsibilities, right? So every day, do the little things you know you should do. Next, be a lifelong learner. Be a lifelong learner. Be curious. Be curious about how things work. Be a learner throughout your life. I've said this a thousand times. Young folks, try to become a reader. Be a reader. If you can't read, I, have, I enjoy listening more. So I enjoy audio books more. But with the technology today, it is super easy to listen to books. Be a reader. Learn and, and, and think about what you're reading, and you will gain a lifetime of wisdom. There's just a lot of wonderful wisdom that is available. So be a reader and also discuss books with friends. I promise you, regular reading and regular discussing of books will dramatically change your life. I promise you that. Read the Bible, first of all, most importantly. Uh, I was in the youth Sunday school class today, and they were talking about the importance of just reading the Bible every single day. It's basic, but it's what we're called to do, be people of the word. For example, re read a chapter of Proverbs every day. You read a chapter of Proverbs every day, you go through the book of Proverbs once a month. I've gotten to where, and I hope I can continue, I'm reading multiple psalms during the day, 
and then multiple, and then a proverb each day. And so during the course of a month, I'm going, many of you are doing this as well. You go through the entire Psalms and the book of Proverbs every single month. And you watch how your life will change, honestly. Read the Gospels. Read the Old Testament. Read the New Testament letters. Read the Word of God every day. Listen to, to the Bible, whatever it is. Read it, and your life will change. God will grow you as you're hiding his word in your heart and you're thinking about these things. Next, just some random fatherly advice, and I know it seems off topic, but I don't care. Young people, don't drive fast, okay? <laughs> don't drive fast. I just had a conversation with one of my kids about this. And if, you're, if your kid, I mean, if your car has a lot of acceleration, just put it on cruise control, like go the speed limit or five miles an hour over the speed limit, Okay. Don't, uh, one week I tried to drive into Atlanta in my commute going the speed limit and I almost got killed, honestly. So and I got, think I got people yelling at me and honking. But anyway, try to drive the speed limit. It'll save you money and it'll keep you safe. Random fatherly advice, okay? Young people, please take this to heart as you get out of the house. But, and it sounds strange, but I mean it. Avoid places where people's minds get altered. You know what I'm saying? Avoid places where people's minds are altered. Last week, Daniel said that guys love to make up stats, and he's so true. I make up stats all the time. And 90% of, 90% of the time, the stat I use is 90%. That's the, I'll give you time to think about that one. It's like Bilbo Baggins. He said, I don't know half of you half as well as I should like, and I like less than half of you half as well as you deserve. So, so I use 90%, 90% of the time. Um, what was I talking about? I have no idea. <laughs> oh, yeah, avoid places where people's minds are altered, okay? Here's a 90% stat I made up. If you avoid places where people's minds are altered, it will save you 90% of the dangers out there, honestly. I read a book called, like, How to Win a Fight or How Not to Get Beat Up or something like that. And the first thing the guy says, he's a self-defense expert. First thing he says is, don't go to places where people's minds are altered, and you'll stay out of a lot of trouble that way. All right, next, be diligent and hardworking. Be diligent and hardworking for the glory of God. Just in everything you do, in every area of life, un, just, just be hardworking. And understand, too, that work is a blessing. In our culture, we don't want to work, but work is a blessing. God gave Adam the task of working in the garden, and that was before the fall. The book of Ecclesiastes talks about how work is a blessing. Work is good. And I'm not just talking about career work. I'm also talking about working in the home or serving in the church. Just, just work hard for the glory of God. Don't be lazy. Don't sit around playing on your phone, right? So work ethic is huge. Andy used to tell our kids all the time, she would say, today we're going to work, work, work unto the Lord. You know, that was something that was said in our home all the time. So work hard and don't be lazy. Because being diligent in whatever you do, whether in, in the workplace or in the home or whatever, in the church, it brings glory to the Lord, and it'll bring joy into your life. So don't be lazy. The book of Proverbs, if you read through Proverbs, you're going to notice how often the book of Proverbs talks about working hard and not being lazy. Work ethic is just huge. And in our day, and I, I bet you've seen this, there is a sense of entitlement that is just pervasive through our culture, and it's awful. So we don't want that for, for, for the church. We don't want that for followers of Christ to have some lazy and, and sense of entitlement. It's just terrible. Turn, turn with me to Proverbs 6. So just go a couple of chapters forward from Proverbs 4. Look at Proverbs 6. 
And we'll look at verses 6 to 8. And this is, so this is one of these things where I was talking about learning for others. Well, the book, the writer of the Proverbs is saying, learn, look around and learn from others. You can even learn from ants. That's what he's going to say to us now. So look at verses 6 through 8. He says, go to the ant, O sluggard. Consider her ways. O sluggard is a lazy person. Go to the ant. Consider her ways. Consider the ant's ways and be wise. Without having any chief, officer, or ruler, she prepares her bread in summer and gathers her food in the harvest. So, and it goes on to talk about laziness and stuff. But think about just how ants, they don't have captains over them telling them what to do, and ants are working really hard. So he's saying you can even learn from nature and see how ants and birds and everything, they're working very hard. They don't have somebody commanding them to do this. So we are called to be hardworking. This is, you don't have to turn there, but these are other ones. Proverbs 15, 19, it says the way or the path of the lazy is a hedge of thorns. So the path of the lazy is like a hedge. It's like there's not much advancement being made for the lazy. But the path of the upright, the path of the diligent is a highway. It's just easy to advance when you're hardworking. Proverbs 20, verse 4 says this, The sluggard does not plow in the autumn. He will seek at harvest and have nothing. So at a time, there is a time when a person can be lazy and you don't see any effects of it. That's what he's saying here. There's a time for planting and, 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 and plowing, and you don't really see anything. But then later, there is a harvest. We reap what we sow. And later, you will see that lazy people will reap. And, and he says right here, at, at harvest, they have nothing. So God, again, commands us to work hard and not be lazy. And listen, too, just think about your own tendencies. If you know that you have a tendency to be lazy, know this, you can change. I can tell you this. When I was young, I was very lazy. I was just lazy. And at some point, I realized I had to change. By God's grace, over time, that changed. And and now my tendency, oddly enough, is probably to be the other way. I probably don't take as much Sabbath rest as I should. But, but what I'm saying is you can change, okay? So know yourself, and you can change in this way with God's help. So again, work hard. Don't do the minimum. Young people, take ownership and look for ways to help in your, in your company, your workplace, your school, wherever you are. Help your coworkers. Help your boss. Don't just do the minimum. Take ownership, and you watch what will happen. If you show up every day to work on time, early, working hard, trying to help, doing more than the minimum, watch. Watch the blessings in your life. You'll just advance. It's just wonderful. You're going to do very well. And also I'm talking about in the home, young ladies, if you're working hard as a mom and a wife in the home, that is so honoring to God. That is so wonderful. So I'm just saying don't be lazy. Be diligent and hardworking for the glory of God. Next, and this doesn't, I'll just say it this way. Take care of your body. When you're younger, you can pretty much do anything. You don't have to have much sleep. You can eat whatever you want. You can do whatever, and you're fine. But as you get older, <laughs> it starts to make a huge difference. So as you get older, get plenty of sleep. Go to bed early. Focus on getting good sleep. Uh, I, I say this, too. Please exercise regularly. I try to, if, if you can get 15 minutes of your heart rate up each day, it'll, it'll really change your life. I say this, too. Lift weights. I strongly encourage you to lift weights. I saw a thing recently saying that people who lift weights even a couple of times a week, they're happier and they live longer. So do a little, girls, if you want to get your pink dumbbells out or whatever, do that, but, but lift some weights, okay? So God has given you a body, so take, take care of it. 
And so this is the thing about exercise. I remember preaching on depression, and, and, and I saw this again recently, that for people with depression, think about this, overall exercise was more effective than either counseling or medication. Exercise was more effective. Now, I'm not saying there are no ca- cases. So many cases, people are helped tremendously with counseling and medication. I'm not saying that there's not a place for it. But what I'm saying is, for most people, exercise is even more effective than counseling or medication. Exercise is just a huge benefit. All right? Next one. This is random. I know I'm kind of scattershot, but young people, I want to encourage you to smile. Smile. Smiling makes a difference in people's life. When you smile, you look more comfortable. You look more relaxed. People enjoy being around you. It encourages others. I can tell, when, tell you when I'm preaching, there are certain faces that I see who are smiling, and I go to them. There are certain faces that look like they're not happy, and I try to avoid them, okay? <laughs> smile, and, when you're, and it doesn't have to, it doesn't, you don't have to go around like this, right? You don't have to have a huge grin on your grill all the time, but even a small smile, you can tell it in somebody's voice, right? Even when there's a small smile, you can tell it. You can tell even God has made us so that we can pick up on little micro facial expressions. I remember one time, I don't know if the kids remember this, we were sitting at the dinner table and I said, okay, look at my face and tell me when I start to smile. So I would, so I would like this. And they could tell, like little bitty things they can tell. You can tell when people are smiling, so you can do that. When, when you're public speaking or whatever, just even a slight smile just helps people. Some people just have this horrible expression on their face, and you feel sadder, and everybody else feels sadder around you, okay? So, but at the same time, talking about wisdom, for ladies, there's also a time not to smile, right? And you can talk to your mom or, or a wise lady about that. All right, next one, be an encourager. Honestly, this is part of, of the command to love one another. Be an encourager. Not many of us get much encouragement regularly. Not a lot of people get encouragement. And I'm so appreciative of the people who encourage me. So how often do you send an email or text or word of encouragement to somebody else? Find someone to encourage and do that regularly. I can tell you this too, encouragers are leaders. Sheep rarely encourage. The people who have had, I can tell you this, the people who have had the biggest influence on my life have been leaders who have encouraged me who speak words of encouragement, words of truth, words of affirmation in my life. All right, young, next, young people. This is important too. Tell people that you're a Christian early on. Find a way to tell people that you're a follower of Jesus early on. Just find a way to let people know that you're a Christian shortly after you meet them. Young people, next, ask the Lord for good Christian friends. Just pray. Pray and ask God to give you good Christian friends. And also understand you can't be friends with everybody, right? And you shouldn't be friends with everybody. You shouldn't be. That's part of being wise. So choose your friends wisely. This, this next, listen to this. This is 1 Thessalonians 4.11. It says, make it your ambition. What do you think it would say? What, what, do you, what, what would our culture say? Make it your ambition to... What? Do great things or whatever. Follow your dreams or whatever it is. This is what it says. Make it your ambition to lead a quiet life working with your hands. Okay? A quiet life for the glory of God working with your hands. And I would say, I I may focus on the quiet life next week, but I would say this for young people, do some work with your hands, even if it's not your primary job. 
learn to work on your car or truck, check the oil, learn how to do home repairs and basic maintenance, do stuff with your hands. I'd encourage you this too, get into a hobby that requires you to do something with your hands, paint or draw or learn to play a musical instrument, piano, guitar, bagpipes, whatever, right? Learn to play a musical instrument. Do something with your hands. I, I was thinking yesterday, I was mowing the yard, and I thought, you know what? When I mow the yard, I'm riding around on my little John Deere riding mower. My prayer life is better, honestly. I have my little headphones on. I'm listening to some worship music. I've just got kind of doing this mindless thing, and my prayer life is better during seasons when I'm mowing the yard. So, so do something with your hands. Grow a garden. Take some cooking classes, whatever. Do something with your hands. Next, set goals for yourself. Set goals for yourself, long-term and short-term. Set goals and write them down. Write them down and pray about them. I'd encourage you to keep a prayer journal. Write down who you're praying for. Write down asking the Lord to do things in your own life. Write these things down. I'd say this for young people. It's a practical thing. Learn to use a calendar. Learn to use a calendar. I use a calendar, one of these things on my phone for everything. When I'm, when I'm ordering something or I've got to send an email or I've got to run an errand or whatever, I, I put it on the calendar and it helps a lot. All right, the pr- another practical stuff for young people, develop a skill that's in demand and where you can help others. Just develop a skill that's in demand and you can help others. Not everyone goes to college and I don't think everybody should go to college, frankly. But develop a skill that's in demand. Get good at something. Develop your skill. Work hard at perfecting your craft, whatever it is. And then enjoy your work as much as you can. But understand that every, every job has stuff about it that's terrible. Don't get in a job and think, wow, this isn't great all the time, and then quit. Every job has things about it that are just awful. That's just the way life is. That's why you get paid for it. If it was awesome, then they could get people to do it for free, right? All right, money, when it comes to money, listen, this is huge. Just please live beneath your means. Live beneath your means. Save a lot of money. This is Proverbs 21. I love this. Proverbs 21, 20. It says, precious treasure and oil are in a wise man's dwelling. In other words, he's got treasure and oil. He's saving saving things in a wise man's dwelling. But a foolish man devours it. A foolish man just spends it all. There's nothing left. So, so people who are wise are people who save. They don't spend everything that they have. They save. Also be generous with your money. The Bible talks, I don't know how many hundreds of verses there are in Scripture. It's, it's some massive amount. Maybe, maybe more than any other topic is about money. But be generous with your money. Give your money away. Don't let money be your master. Tithe to the church, even if it's a little part-time job. Tithe to the church. And the motivation is to honor the Lord, right? This is, uh, turn to Proverbs 3, 9. So flip over to Proverbs, go to Proverbs 3, go to the left a little bit. Proverbs 3, starting in verse 9. Look at 9 and 10, Proverbs 3, 9 and 10. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your produce. Honor God with your wealth and with the first fruits, first thing you get of all your produce. And it says, then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. The tendency is for us to think if we keep accumulating, 
then that's how we're going to really, and we don't give anything away. That's how we're going to accumulate wealth. That's not what happens. God works it out so that when people are generous, he ends up blessing them. Wise, godly people want to honor the Lord by giving. So get in the habit of tithing. Give, give your money away for the advance of the kingdom of God. Next, and I'm getting close to wrapping up. I know this is random, but this is just about character. Keep your word, young people. Keep your word. Proverbs 15.4 says the righteous person keeps his word even when it hurts. Even when it hurts. Be someone who keeps your word. If you say you're going to do something, then do it. Just do it. Even if it hurts. Next, be courageous and brave. I may talk about this verse next week. This is Joshua 1.9. Listen to this verse. This This should be a memory verse. Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened. And do not be dismayed. Why? For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Be strong and courageous. Don't be frightened. Ephesians 6.10 says something similar. Be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Be strong in the Lord's might, not yours. Be strong and courageous. Listen, the world needs strong and courageous young men and women who are living for the glory of God. The world needs Strong and courageous Christian men and women. And remember this too, being courageous doesn't mean that you're never afraid. Being courageous means that you do the right thing even when you are afraid. So be ready, and I'd say this too, be ready to stand up for yourself. This goes for men and women. Stand up for yourself with God's help when it's the right thing to do. Be ready to push back. Don't be a doormat. Sometimes God calls us to confront other people. And to stand up for yourself. So sometimes you have to do that. Again, practical stuff. Church, I'd say this, and I beg you on this. If possible, young people, never miss church on Sundays. Never miss church. And don't goof around during church. Psalm 22, 3 says, it's talking to God. It says, God, you are holy, enthroned on the praises of Israel. In other words, God makes his presence known in a special way when his people gather and worship him. And I've said this, during Sunday worship, I'm convinced Jesus has gifts that he wants to give you. He wants to give you when God's people gather together, and you don't want to miss out on those gifts. Also, just the fact is your absence encourages other people to be absent. A, a, a lack of commitment can be contagious. So, so let's try not to miss church. And so that's my encouragement, just young people, just just. Make it a commitment of your life that you want to be gathering with God's people. And when you do that, you and your family and your friends and other people will see that by your life that Jesus and his church mean the world to you. Finally, and I'm going to wrap up. As I said, I'll continue next week. Young people, constantly remind yourself about God's truth. That's why we, we read the Bible. We don't read the Bible just to add on information and knowledge. We, we read the scriptures so that we can remind ourselves about God's truth. That's why we listen to sermons and Sunday school lessons, so we can constantly remind ourselves about God's truth because there are times when you don't feel that God is there and he's there and you have to tell yourself the truth that he's there, that Jesus is with you. There are times when you're so discouraged as a young person, I hope you're not, but there are times when you get so discouraged you can barely get out of bed. And well, again, we'll talk more about this next week. 
but you have to remind yourself of God's truth, that he loves you, that Christ died for you. One of the goals, too, in reminding yourself of these great truths is to rekindle your love for Jesus. This is a constant battle, too, to rekindle your love for Jesus. In fact, flip to it. Go to the very back of the Bible, to Revelation 2. I want you to see this. Revelation chapter 2. I'm about done. But this is Jesus speaking to the churches at the beginning of the book of Revelation. Look at Revelation 2. This is to the church at Ephesus. And, and look how he brags on them. Look at it, start in verse 2. He brags on them and he's pleased with them. And I, and I think there are many of us who are living lives for the glory of God, which is awesome, which is what we're called to do. Look how he brags on them, verse 2, Revelation 2, verse 2. He says, I know your works, your toil, and your patient endurance. That's awesome. He's saying, I know what you've done and how you cannot bear with those who are evil but have tested those who call themselves apostles and are not and found them to be false. And look how he brags on them even more. Verse 3, I know you are enduring patiently and bearing up for my name's sake, Jesus is saying. I know. Maybe Jesus is speaking to some of you right now. I know that you're enduring patiently and bearing up for my name's sake, he says. And you have not grown weary. But then look at verse 4. He says, but I have this against you that you have abandoned the love you had at first. You've abandoned your first love. He says, Jesus is saying you need to rekindle your first love. Our first love is the love that Jesus gives us, the love for God, love for the triune God, and love for for others. So, So a challenge for the Christian life is to constantly rekindle your love for other people. We can grow cold in that and rekindle your love for the triune God, for Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You rekindle your love. You, are, are you growing cold? We, we rekindle that by worshiping him and reminding ourselves of the great truths. Reminding ourselves, we're going through the book, Mortification of Sin, reminding the fact that we are sinners, reminding ourselves of the fact that we are great sinners, but God is a great Savior. Jesus is a great Savior and his forgiveness that God graciously gives us in Jesus Christ. We have to remind ourselves of these things all the time. This is Romans 5, 8. But God shows his love for us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. We have to remind ourselves. I remind myself of this every single day. Remind yourself of Jesus' bodily resurrection. This is not just for Easter. Usually on Easter, I preach a sermon on the bodily resurrection of Jesus. Remind yourself constantly that the apostles saw Jesus die and they saw him being raised from the dead. These are things that I remind myself of all the time. And the apostles were willing to die before they denied the resurrection of Jesus. Constantly remind yourself, young people, that God is loving and good and sovereign and holy. That's why the angels sing the presence of God. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Remind yourself of the holiness of God. Remind yourself too, and this is our catechism question, remind yourself too that one day Jesus is returning and we will be given resurrected bodies and we will see him face to face. As I said, the New City Catechism says, we will live with and enjoy God forever in the new heaven and new earth where we will be forever freed from all sin in a renewed, restored creation. Amen. Remind yourself of this.
The reason we learn these things is, again, not just so we can win some Bible trivia or something. The reason we learn these things is so we can love other people and we can love the Lord and we can live in confident expectation that he is going to fulfill his promises. When Jesus returns, this is true. It's all true. When Jesus returns, he's going to make everything right. He's going to make everything right. And we're going to know more peace and joy and love than we've ever known. And we have to remind ourselves of this in a fallen, broken world when everybody around us is sinful and we are sinful and we're going through terrible times, we have to remind ourselves of these great truths. And finally, just to our young people, I'll say this. Know that your heavenly father, I'll say your dad, your dad in heaven, he loves you. He loves you more than any person on earth. The Holy Spirit who dwells inside of you loves you. And, you, and your Lord Jesus, who died for you, that's how he showed his love for you. He died for you. He loves you. So remind yourself, young people, of God's love all the time. You're going to need it. You may not think you need it now, but you do. You need it. You need to remind yourself of these truths constantly. And my prayer is, as you grow into this, your faith in him, your trust in him will grow. People will see it. He'll continue pouring out his blessings on your life and you will live for his glory all your days. Amen. Amen. Let's pray together. Our Father, we love you. I do just, we pray especially for our, our young people. I do pray for them, Lord. Um, I thank you for the young people in our church. They're just wonderful. Work in their hearts where there's area that needs, areas that need to change and grow. We pray that you'd give them that grace to do that. And, and for us, as, uh, as adults, I pray that we would look for ways to encourage our young people. God, we pray for our graduates and, again, all our kids and young people that you would just continue to pour out your grace on them in a big way. Let us, as a church, too, be people who just love on and care for our kids, who pray for them, and who want and are rooting for them as they, as they walk out their faith, as they, as they go on to the next stage of life, whatever it is. I pray that we would be people who really are rooting for our young people and praying for them. So God, pour out your blessings and, our grace, and your grace on our young people. And also, God, for us as adults, if we've heard things today that we need to change, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you'd give us the power to change, to grow in holiness, to grow in love for other people, to grow in love for you, for your glory. So please, Lord, work in our hearts and help us to be people, again, who remind ourselves of your great truths, your great promises. These are not just empty words in a book. They are our lives, and we need to treasure them and apply them and and grow in them. So, Lord, work in our hearts. Thank you for loving us. Help us to remember your love for us. Thank you, Jesus, for being our Savior, for dying for us and being raised from the dead. And one day you're coming back, and we pray even now, Lord, So we praise in your name, Jesus. Amen.